Hi, everyone. This is Catherine Adams. And Elizabeth Wallace. And you're listening to Binary System Podcast number 61. And this week, we're just talking about stuff, you know, don't have a whole heck of a lot going on. Yep, except for the fact that I just saw the Doctor Strange movie. <laughs> what did you think? What oh, did you think? Oh my goodness, that was so much fun. Uh, Wasn't our, it? Our friend uh, Megan and I went out to see that together and we were just, we were off by ourselves, we weren't disturbing anybody in the theater, but we just kept going, ee! <laughs> Bacon is a huge uh, Mads Mikkelsen fan. Ah, so nice. uh, I think she's maybe taken a look at a couple episodes of Hannibal. But I mean, she just and apparently if Jennifer had been there, Jennifer would have been over the moon because she's oh, nice. an even bigger Mads Mikkelsen fan. So but I mean, just everything about that movie. I really think I liked this movie more than I've liked the last five Marvel movies. And the last Seriously. five Marvel movies have not been bad. No, but like... I don't know, Age of Ultron and Civil War, they were definitely cool and big and splashy and fun, but I didn't walk out of there with that feeling of, oh, I want to see that again. I want to see that again right now. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I just, I mean, it was beautiful. Yeah. And everything that they did, and I went, and of course, you know, what I do after I watch a movie is I go to IMDb and I looked up all the trivia. There is something that is called finger-tutting. Have you ever heard of this? No. This is a brand new term for me. It's a kind of dancing, and I think it's done with a lot of hip-hop stuff, whatever, that involves using your fingers and doing that. And apparently, Benedict Cumberbatch actually had someone teaching him some of this stuff so that he could do those finger movements elegantly as Doctor Strange. Because that was the thing. I loved the choreography of all the battles and the way they moved their hands with every type of spell that they cast. It was just, it was so pretty and precise, but it just, when you imagine someone casting a spell, that's what you imagine it would look like. It was really awesome. Exactly, yes. And they managed to do it without ever making it look silly, which is what I was worried about. I mean, I think in the comic book, He'll have incantations, and I was afraid he was because I mean, some of them are rhyming or they use yeah. uh, alliteration, and I thought that's not going to work very well on the screen, so they didn't do it. So yeah, they, yeah. they made a, a great choice with that. Yeah, I think they really like Leland was commenting on how they really channeled the feeling of like the sort of psychedelic 60s and 70s kind of Doctor Strange. But it's in like a modern era, you know, and so we still have a little bit of that strange, trippy feel. But God, and the humor in the movie was so just wonderful. Just spot on. I mean, again, Mads Mikkelsen, when Doctor Strange is trying to tell someone, once again, it's not Mr., it's Doctor. And he's like, no, it's strange. And Mads Mikkelsen's character could be. Who am I to judge? <laughs> yes. And then what's her name? Um, uh, Rachel McAdams. You know, a lot of people have been talking about how her role wasn't very big, but it's also been pointed out, I mean, the movie was not about her, and I think her part was really well done. I mean, yep. she was definitely technically brilliant. She was a good was she supposed to be a doctor or a nurse? She is a nurse, right? She's like a I surgical can't nurse. I remember because they mentioned in the beginning that Doctor Strange was trying to get a procedure named after him. And yeah. uh, she was trying to, Dr. Palmer, whatever, the, uh, Rachel McAdams' character was saying that uh, they both created that procedure. So it needed to be named uh, after the both of them. So okay. right. I don't I'm know. not sure. Because yeah. other people are talking about how she's the night nurse in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I'm like... 
just, mm. I thought we already had that with right. Claire in Daredevil, and I right. like Claire in Daredevil as the night nurse. I think exactly. that's rather cool. I didn't think that they were going to do what they're apparently doing over in DC, where you have one set of actors for the TV shows and one set for the movies. I kind of thought that eventually we were going to have a combination of everybody, but maybe not. I mean, I understand how we have to have a different Quicksilver over in X-Men as we do over in Age of Ultron, because that's two different studios, but... I thought Marvel and Netflix and everybody was all getting along and everything. So we don't have to have a different night nurse in one place and the other, do we? I don't know, because they've had uh, Lady Sif has showed up on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yes. So there is some crossover there. So yeah, I would think yeah. that, yes, they are all playing nicely. Let's keep our fingers crossed, because that would be awesome. But yeah. Now, did you see it in 3D or regular? Regular, because I yeah. got, I took your suggestion about the fact that uh, our particular glasses prescription make it kind of hard to do 3D. And I'm yeah. like, that's yeah. fine. I didn't really. And by the time uh, I finally got around to watching this, the 3D version of Doctor Strange had already left uh, ah. our theater. So, which is fine, which is no. perfectly fine. No. But I mean, just the brilliant effects, especially in the mirror verse. Oh, mirror yes. Or whatever. So gorgeous. So nice that all the Inception animators are getting work again. Ah, <laughs> you could exactly. totally tell Exactly. I mean, that's, <laughs> they didn't even, they weren't even pretending that's what no. it looked like. Yeah. Just, no. it's stunning. Yeah. But then you had the little things like that cape. The oh my goodness. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so like the extended scene of him beating the crap out of a bad guy on the floor. It's just continually going on. I'm like, well, that cape is pissed. <laughs> really? is but just how it was protecting him when it first got out of that cage just coming out of nowhere to block the shots and then diving over the edge to catch him and then bringing him up levitating over the edge of the uh staircase in that glorious shot oh yes oh i love so wonderful the cape stole the scene anytime it had any kind of you know action on its own i think oh and wiping away his tears at that one point stop it it. (laughs) so cute oh Oh my god no so get this get this all right it's just, just a, it's a tangent you know jada reads her a lot of fan fiction she reads more fan fiction than i do which is saying something because i'll read me some fanfic but she reads a lot of sherlock fanfic and then she's been reading some dr strange fanfic and there are actually fics that are shipping dr strange's cape with sherlock's violin Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, that's a thing. That's a thing that's apparently happening oh right now. Oh, my. Yeah. <laughs> so they both, you know, I guess they just figured, well, since the cape has a personality, obviously the violin has a personality and they get jealous of each other and whatever. It's just, it's kind of hilarious. But. I want to actually see an animation of that going on. There, yes. That yes. would just be hilarious. Yeah. Fan artists, please get on that if you're, if you don't have anything else to do with all the other things we've asked you to do. But, yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah, sure. So I'm trying to think of some of the stuff that really impressed me about this. Okay, now, of course, I guess we should, we probably should put a spoiler warning on the very beginning of this and the end and all the way through that we're going to be giving away yeah. stuff about yeah. the movie. Yeah, I think okay. we kind of have to, yeah. Okay, that scene in the close to the end with Dormammu killing Strange over and over again, oh. wasn't that wonderfully nightmarish? Oh, my God, it was. It was terrible because he kept on dying in different ways and just over oh, and over yeah, again. Over and over again. And But it was kind of a revelation to find out that Benedict Cumberbatch voiced Dormammu Mamu as well. I know, I know. He did a great job. He was really doing all the work. I, I'd say, I hope they paid him well. They paid him well. They did pay him. Oh, of okay. Course. Yeah. Oh, yes, yeah. of course they did. <laughs> so, yeah, I just... Now, how is it doing in the box office? far as I know, great. Well, you know what? Actually, that's a really good question. Let me just look that up. Hang on. Let me go here. Um, 
withthenumbers.com. And it's all of the Marvel movies and the amount of money they've made to date. And mm-hmm. so I hope this is a current list, but it does have Doctor Strange on it. Doctor Strange Worldwide Box Office, according to this site, is... Six hundred and sixteen thousand. Ooh, million. wow! Six hundred and sixteen million. <laughs> Sorry, thousand. Wait a minute, six hundred sixteen thousand. Hang on a minute. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. In comparison, Iron Man worldwide box office was five hundred and eighty-two. Really, it's uh, outstripped. Yeah. Uh, now that's interesting. So I think I remember hearing. I remember hearing that Doctor Strange didn't do as well domestically as Iron Man, but that it was doing better worldwide. It's true. Uh, yeah, actually, it's listed at two hundred and five million for domestic box office. So yeah, it's only like a third of the worldwide. Um, But Avengers, just to put it all in perspective, I guess I hate it when there's like so many of these numbers. It looks like, I mean, it's the Avengers worldwide box office, 1, 519, 479, 547. Um, I think that's more like a billion. God. <laughs> I'm not a scientist, nor am I a mathematician, in case anybody's wondering. There's a lot of numbers. So, a lot you of know. numbers here. Yeah, that, yeah. Well, I was wondering, I think 500 million was what it was doing around, you know, the last time I checked. But I'm looking on IMDb and... Yeah, I went on to the the chat section, which you don't need to do because it's kind of a cesspool. But I was seeing all of these people talking about, oh, wow, Doctor Strange is a flop and Marvel's made another flop and it's not going to make back its money and it's doing terribly and isn't it hysterical? And I'm like, wait a second. And I start, you know, reading some of these threads and seeing the rebuttals to them. All the people who are posting these threads are DC fans. And they're specifically uh, DC fans that are pissed off that Suicide Squad didn't do very well and didn't yeah. get very high ratings. Because you remember, I think they wanted to try to shut down the Rotten Tomatoes site for right. daring to say that Suicide Squad wasn't doing well. So, yeah, I think <sighs> there's a little bit of sibling rivalry going on between the DC fans and the Marvel fans. But, yeah, Doctor Strange, I think it's doing fine. It's doing fine. It's uh, already it's made more money than Ant-Man, and Ant-Man wasn't like... I don't know, Ant-Man wasn't considered a flop, but neither was it ever, I think, expected to do amazingly well, because it's just kind of like a little-known character, an establishment shot, you know. Um, It's doing, you know, three times as well as The Incredible Hulk did, but I guess that's not saying much, but... um, Probably not, no, no. unfortunately. So So far, it's it's doing better than the first Thor movie already. Well, I mean, the first Thor movie introduced a lot, but let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. It's not one of my favorites, honestly. It's it's a little comic book-y, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, actually. And Which is odd to say of a comic book movie. But no, but it's true. They were, they were deliberately going for the, you know, comic book sort of dialogue, I think. Yeah. It's funny that Thor, now that I'm looking at it, Thor did better than the first Captain America movie, which is sort of a shame. I always liked the first Captain America movie better than Thor. Cause I, I guess I like that, that World War II element they had going on. Yeah, I thought it was fun. So they, well, they had so much fun with that, I think. Yeah. I mean, especially yeah. when you get to the whole... You know, Captain America doing a stage show, I thought was yeah. just hilarious. That yes. was it. So very endearing, I thought. Um, so I think the number to beat, like, to kind of keep it, like, you know, the Age of Ultron and the Avengers movies, those made, like, all the money because they were, like, the big, you know, end of arc or beginning of arc movies. I think the one that they're probably going to struggle to beat at this point is Guardians of the Galaxy because Doc Strange is at $616 million and Guardians of the Galaxy is at $771 million. So wow. they got a little bit okay. of a stretch, just a little bit. They might be able to do it, but that doesn't surprise me. Guardians of the Galaxy is just all kinds of fun. 
It really is. So, but I'm trying to think of anything else about uh, going to see it. I love the trailers. Loved it. Oh, saw, saw the Rogue One trailer. Oh, please be good. Please be yes. good. Please be good. Saw the Wonder Woman trailer. Really oh, like that. that keeping my fingers crossed. Man. That could be something for DC to crow about if they finally make a female main character movie. Yeah. And it ends up doing better than all the rest of them. So yeah. I really want that to be the case. So Leland's pointed out that the DC movies have amazing trailers. You know, they really, really do. So yeah, it's odd, though, because the Batman Superman trailer was you know, all kinds of bombastic and it didn't really pull me in. I was kind of looking at it going, no, I, I'm not very excited about that. I'm kind of getting excited about the Wonder Woman movie. Yeah. Yeah. I'm cautiously optimistic about this one. Just, you know, keeping my fingers crossed. I really liked the Suicide Squad trailer. And so I was very bummed when that didn't turn out to be all that in a bag of chips, but I don't think that was the movie director's problem so much as too many cooks in the kitchen. But now you had mentioned, I went ahead and listened to Yoren Leland's uh, Lost in Sci-Fi podcast podcast where you talked about Doctor Strange yeah. and you mentioned the trailers and you mentioned the Matt Damon movie yeah. trailer that looks yeah. just dreadful yeah. and that's where he's back in ancient China I think. Yeah, yeah I think so. Yeah, I think that was what that, is that one. Yeah. What, is, what is it called? I don't the wall, even perhaps? Or? I don't even remember. You want me to look it up? I'll look it up. Hang a second. Ah, yes, very good. I, all I typed in was Matt Damon, China, and it comes up the Great Wall. The so Great coming Wall, out right. December 16th looks like a mess. Well, for it's another, okay, put a pin in that because it's another case of like casting a, you know, American white, white actor in an Asian movie, I guess. Right. So whether it's whitewashing or it's another Dances with Wolves where the white guy comes in to save the native population from themselves, right. whatever. But I saw that trailer ages ago on YouTube. And it was that huge one with the the words coming in, you know, they built the Great Wall and the largest feat of engineering and what were they trying to keep out? And I think Nathan saw this and his answer at that point was the Mongols. It's just like, guys, no, you can't make a movie about that. Come on. It's got to be plausible, please. No, Maybe no. a little bit. This is Hollywood. No, they don't. And Matt Damon, I think he's coasting off of the success of The Martian at this point. We'll give him a, a cheesy, terrible, special effects, sci-fi, dramatic piece of crap. It really looked awful. It really, really did. <laughs> well, that was something when we were walking, uh, Megan and I were leaving the movie theater and we were seeing the posters for the upcoming movies, John Wick 2. And that's the Keanu right. Reeves vehicle. Yeah. And Megan said, you've got to see John Wick 1. You'll really like it. I've heard that from other people. I actually I have. I think that's just amazing. I mean, yeah. we've already talked about him on our crap fest don't really think the guy can act. But maybe he got a good director. We've also talked about that. You get the right director to film around him, you know, entirely possible. Could be. I don't know. So, yeah. So, in summary, boy, I really like the Doctor Strange movie. Yes. I got to see it again. Because, of course, problems too. with the glasses. I got to see all that all that design. I mean, all the mandalas everywhere and the things flowing into each other and the buildings folding in on themselves. It's just so pretty. And, um, oh, the pin that I had put in there about uh, whitewashing. IMDB, the trivia section, had a little bit of an explanation for why they cast Tilda Swinton. Well, it was, oh. it was several reasons for the, why they cast her in the part of the ancient one. Okay, the producers, director, can't remember, one of the guys higher up really wanted to cast a female in that role because right. it's always been done by an elderly male, whatever. Right. Uh, and 
he didn't want to cast a female Asian hot chick because he said it would seem a little bit too much like fan service. Like, right. You know, right. Like a, you know, a fantasy kind of thing, you know, whatever, playing to a certain percent of the population. I don't know. I don't buy it. I think a female Asian actress would have been perfectly acceptable in that. But one of the reasons why they couldn't cast a Tibetan actor in a something that's always been pretty much considered a Tibetan role is because China is a huge market for movies. And if you had a Tibetan actor, uh, it probably would have gotten banned in China. So, oh, yeah, that's yeah. you're shooting yourself in the foot right out the gate, which is like, you don't want to think that political considerations are going to affect a movie like that. But we live in the real world. Yes, they are. Yeah, money talks, basically, yeah. on something like that. So and then, you know, you're trying to find someone interesting to play the role who is not an Asian female or a Tibetan male. And I guess you just threw your hands up. and like, Tilda Swinton could do it. <laughs> She'd God. be amazing. And she was. And oh, she was. Her, her final scene, that final <sighs> moment with her, didn't that just break your heart? It Isn't that really wonderful? did. She does, <sighs> she does such an amazing job in every movie I've seen. Have you seen Snowpiercer yet? No, but that's another one that people have been telling me that I need to see and that I apparently need to read the graphic novel. Yeah, it's an amazing movie, but Tilda Swinton, I didn't know that was her when her character showed up. She was really? she was stretching to do something different in that one, so nice. she did a great job. So it was oh, unrecognizable, but you know, she she managed to do a great job on that one too. Well, after seeing her in that, I want to rewatch um, Only Lovers Left Alive because you know oh, it's just. Oh yes, when when will that get on Amazon Prime or Netflix? I know. Please, I, yeah, seriously, that deserves repeated watchings. It really does. It does, and I'm tired of running down to Redbox every time I want to see that. Wait a second. It's not on Redbox. I haven't seen it yet since it was in the theater. Oh, no, that's not acceptable. I, where did I see it? I think I rented it through Amazon or something, because I want to say I watched it here at home, because I'm bad at movies, and it took me forever to go see it. But um, yeah, that's that's like, to say that a movie actually makes me want to go to Detroit, that's something right there, because I don't it really, really want to go to Detroit, you know? No, but no, that's... no, no. But I would like to see some of these places that they showed in this movie. It, yeah. it really was... A very odd little love letter to Detroit, that movie. It was. It was. All the scenes of them walking around the city and that kind of like, you know, if you're, if you're around on Instagram and you're familiar with the term of ruin porn, I mean, it's just shooting these completely decrepit old places, but just, I'm just kind of lingering on them. It's really neat. But I guess the only other thing that we wanted to talk about this week was I just got an email from Night Vale. They are bringing their ghost stories show to the West Coast again. February 18th, they're going to be in San Diego. So awesome. I'm there. Yeah, yeah you yeah, have to go neat. see that. And I think they've added stuff since they showed it months and months ago in Durham. I yeah. want to say that it was, because was, we were a little surprised it was such a short uh, story when they uh, performed it here. But I think they've added a lot since then. So I think you're going to like that one. So it was nice. good. I mean, even though it was very short, it was also very good. It's neat to see them in person, too. It's just, I mean, that's just an experience right there. And it's in uh, the North Park Observatory. I, I'm not familiar with the space. I mean, North Park's only like six miles down the road. So um, I'll, I'll get to go see him in a new space. That'll be fun. And to drag us back to Doctor Strange one more time, we were at the used bookstore today. There's a graphic novel that I think came out this year. It's a collection of Doctor Strange stories throughout several years that have been illustrated by P. Craig Russell. Oh my god, seriously? Yes. I must have it. Holy I've, crap. I flipped through it. It's very pretty. God, if you know anything about me and Catherine, I mean, 
all the artists that we dearly love, but P. Craig Russell, we've loved him since, God, what was the first thing we saw him do? Oh, uh, Ramadan in Sandman. That was the the first thing. One of my favorite issues of Sandman, I actually have a signed copy by Neil Gaiman of that. I do too. Yes. Actually, I think we got it signed by Neil Gaiman and um, Dave McKean, because that was when you guys came out to, God, that was 2003, I think. Back when you could actually get into San Diego Comic-Con by waiting for tickets online on the day that you wanted to oh, go. we didn't even wait online. We went and bought them at the door. <laughs> I remember that. Because <laughs> we'd gone by on Saturday, and the line was so long. And we're like, oh, this is ridiculous. So we came back the next day and pretty much just walked in and just walked into the Neil Gaiman, Dave McKean panel, which you'd wait like four or five hours to get into that one at, at least, least. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh yeah that was a long time ago but yes. yeah the, the book looks so very pretty so nice. the only reason why i did not get it is i try not to buy any presents for myself in between thanksgiving and christmas right right oh and that reminds me so we're going to have an upcoming article we always try and do something christmasy around christmas and uh this year the article that we're going to do is kind of like a well, it's going to be kind of a geek book Christmas wish list, right? You know, just to I keep it in so, our yeah, little well, realm. I think that would probably be the easiest thing. I mean, if you want to find geek toys, you go to Think Geek, basically. Yeah, so pretty we'll, much. We'll be talking about the kind of books that you want to buy. At the moment, the only one I can think of is the Hannibal Cookbook, which you really yeah. need to get. Extremely pretty. Uh, there was there's an IDW double volume Transformers set that I would like to buy at some point. Whoa. I think I want to say they're only $75 a book, but they're there. <laughs> These are bricks. These are big old books. That would probably be on my list if, as long as I'm dreaming. And then I keep an eye out on pixelatedgeek.com for the photo galleries, the podcasts, the reviews, and everything else that we can throw at the site. Um, if you have suggestions of things that we would like, fan art, we always like to hear about fan art, um, whether you drew it or whether you found it, that's fine. And also things that you think we would like to read comic-wise. The latest issue of Transformers Till All Are One, which I believe is number five, really was very fun. We're just holding our breath about the new Lost Light series that comes out uh, in another couple weeks, right? Yeah, please be good. Please be good. Please be good. Cross fingers, please. I hope Alex Milne is actually participating in it. He's had some health stuff going on lately, so send out positive thoughts to him. Yes, please do. Yes. But other than that, uh, next week we have a new episode of Welcome to Night Vale to Recap, so we will see everybody in one week. Talk to y'all later. (laughs) 